Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. say this happy hour if donald trump makes you want to drink and swear yep this is the happy hour this is the podcast for you yeah. well uh, he still won't shut the fuck up now it's about uh windmills the fucking windmills are back the gay national anthem ymca oh my god i just i can't i can't we've got maybe leaking nuclear radiation mm-hmm. uh, the threat of nuclear chemical weapons yep. being used in ukraine uh, parachuting giant fucking spiders i mean the real threat yeah yeah, we're going to need to borrow Ukrainian sunflower lady for the when the spiders get here. Cause don't thanks. touch my underpants. Get out, bull in China shop. Out of my house. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, fuck is wrong with you. Get fuck out. We don't have to bleep it because <laughs> it's happy hour. It's so much better than You get the fuck out of my house now. How's that for open mouth? Fuck out. Get fuck yeah. out. Yeah, she got, she got rid of the Russians and the also the, the giant spiders. parachuting spiders. Yeah. Yeah. They're tough. Okay. She'll throw a jar fuck. of pickled tomatoes at them. Fuck out. <laughs> Get fuck out. Okay. Also, uh, Ruben Gallego also swore. So this That's is right. why we've chosen him for happy hour. Double S Future bomb. Senator Ruben Gallego of the great state of uh, Arizona. Future I, Senator. I went right out of the gate asking him about that, and he just sidestepped like a politician. Oh, he giggled. He giggled he did when giggle, you did that. Because he is going to be senator. I said, can yeah. we just skip the senator? Yes. Ever. And uh, he did not seem aware that he could not swear on the regular show. And he kept doing it willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a Marine. Yeah. Former Marine. He, he is a Marine. Yeah. So, you know. I'm just proud of you for not, like, asking him if he was going to go to the mall and say hi to the fashion bug consultant. The future fashion bug consultant at the at the Tosan Mall? Yeah. Kirsten Cinema? Yeah. I didn't say that. I was thinking it. <laughs> I know okay. you were. All right. And Jen Kirkman, who is always hilarious, but also went on a fantastic rant about men and oil, which is true. All y'all fuckers. It's all this men and oil. No lie detected. Men and oil. Fucking all this shit. Okay, so drink up. Happy, happy hour. Wow, 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 wow. Representative Ruben Gallego, can I just skip to saying Senator Gallego? I think so. It's a formality, isn't it? Good morning, Senator. Future Senator. Good morning. Good morning. Of the great state of Arizona. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Okay. (laughs) You're going to run, right? I'm just asking. Uh, I think we should focus on Ukraine. Today. Okay, let's do that. All right, let's do that. Oh, st- now I know you're a real politician. Okay, <laughs> Representative. Obviously, I. You know, it's so funny. I we just played you. We played two of your sound bites. I had the entire thing highlighted that you said on TV because it was all so important. Because we know you served. Hmm. We know you served, obviously, in uh, Iraq. And it, it, I, you know, a lot of us don't. We're just lay people looking at what's happening here. But 
everything mm. you're saying not only makes sense, but it gives me hope that what I'm seeing in, in this incredible spirit of the Ukrainians. And, you know, the key is what you said, if we can all stick together. Isn't that the problem here is your Republican colleagues have not only some of them been rooting for Putin, including the, the former president, but, you know, they're blaming Biden this morning for gas prices when we've finally taken this this important step, right, right to, to ban uh, oil imports from, so let's talk about that first, oil, oil imports from Russia, which we've got to do morally, don't we? Well, certainly. I mean, right now, the only uh, thing that's feeding the beast of war is oil money. Uh, and, uh, you know, this isn't really going towards the civilians of Russia. It's not going to the pensioners. They're just doing this right now, basically, to continue to buy the weapons uh, and pay their soldiers. So morally, we have to cut their their sources of revenue. Uh, and that does in, impose some cost on us. But, you know, if we want to be in this greater fight, then we have to have a greater sacrifice. And that may mean uh, higher pump uh, prices for you know a couple uh, of months or hopefully a couple of weeks. But, Representative, you know, we've been talking about this already on the show this morning, that first of all, to blame the president instead of Putin for gas prices. And secondly, not the gas companies that are clearly gouging right. through this period. I mean, it, somebody tweeted, and those who carry on about Trump's $1.79 gas have completely forgotten everything was shut down. The economy crashed. Demand was slashed. Right. Production was slashed. Oil at the time went to a negative value. They want to go back to that. And when no one had a job to pay for for gas, right? right? And nobody was moving around. Yeah, I made that comment yesterday on Twitter, too. Same, same thing. Right. Um, look, I think the bigger issue is not that uh, right now what's happening is that I think the uh, Republicans are afraid that uh, President Biden has handled this situation so well that his uh, numbers are going to start rising. Because at the end of the day, all they care about is elections. They don't care about consequences or outcomes. So the best way to basically ditch or, or make the president's numbers dive uh, even though he's doing very well, is by trying to blame him for all these kind of ancillary things uh, that are occurring. So it's a very unpatriotic thing that they're doing. Yeah. It's something that, you know, I don't think we would ever do as Democrats, uh, but this is where we are right now. As a as someone who has served, Representative, you tweeted to keep up the sanctions, make the Russian economy hurt. It clearly already is. And you said give the Ukrainian people the munitions, the gear, the missiles to destroy as many Russian assets as possible to make Putin feel the pain if Russia further invades. Um, there's obviously a lot of talk about a no-fly zone. I understand why we're saying we can't do that, but are we getting Ukraine everything they need? Are we getting them enough of what they need? Planes? What I, I don't. It's above yeah. my pay grade. All the stuff that you know about. I don't know what kind of <laughs> missiles, whatever they need. But yeah, go ahead. So I feel like we're getting everything they need up to now. Uh, I think there's probably some other things we can try to get them. Uh, some different type of missile systems to deal with surface to uh, ship uh, missiles, for example. Um, we could also be uh, looking at different types of uh, air assets, whether it's MIGs, drones, or helicopters. Uh, but look, I, I think we have to be very conscious of what people, when people start talking about no-fly zone. You don't just impose a no-fly zone because in order for you to impose a no-fly zone, you have to worry about and, and probably also deal with all the potential dangers. So that means that the U.S. military or NATO would be firing on you know, manned Russian anti-aircraft systems, right? right. Uh, potentially ships, because ships could also shoot, shoot down planes. And that's how this thing escalates. It's not going to be us shooting down a MIG. It's going to be us taking out 200 men in a, you know, in a different kind of, in, a, in some type of defensive position 
that are aiming in at our plane. So it's very complicated to establish a no-fly zone. I think people just really need to understand that. Uh, and it's nothing, nothing that we couldn't do right away. And it's nothing that we could do without loss of life on both sides. Well, I guess people are sometimes saying you could call them safe civilian corridors. But again, how do you do that when you have a country that is continually committing war crimes, that is violating ceasefires, that is firing on civilians? How, how do we do that, in your opinion? Well, look, if you change the name, it doesn't change the fact that you're still going to have to end up shooting at somebody. This is, yeah. you know, um, you know, in Iraq, you know, when, when I was there, they told us to work on the hearts and minds of, uh, you know, Iraqis, that we weren't occupying, we weren't in war, we work in hearts and minds. And guess what? I still ended up having to uh, fight my way out of a lot of situations, right? So calling it something different does not change the complexity uh, of it uh, on, on the floor. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think, again, p- people need to be realistic about what this means. We need to, we need to realistically think about how we can defeat, uh, help defeat Russia uh, and at the same time stop us from triggering, triggering, our, triggering ourselves into a potential world war. So all of the stuff we displayed from what you said yesterday, I mean, again, seems to confirm what we're seeing, that this is going pretty disastrously for Russia. This is not going according to plan. The entire world pretty much is united against him. He apparently is getting, according to, you know, sources, angrier and more paranoid by the moment, which, I mean, again, there's something we've never seen in warfare before, right, is attacking a nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. That in itself is really concerning, isn't it? I mean, that's a just to pick one more crime for today, right? Yeah, right. Well, I'm like, look, I think a lot of us uh, make the mistake that, and I think this happens in foreign policy a lot, is because someone looks like us and talks like us, they think like us, yeah. and the Russians, you know, speak great English. They're they're capitalists, even though they're you know they're they're corrupt capitalists, uh, and they're you know white like like most of the majority establishment when it comes to, uh, you know, policy and defense in, uh, in D.C. and other parts of the world. But at the end of the day, they don't think like us. They're Russians. They have a different history. They have a different uh, way of looking at, at even life and death. Uh, and so for them, uh, attacking a nuclear power plant is not as crazy uh, as we think it is because they, they used to throw, you know, men to you know, shovel dirt onto uh, an open core uh, back in the day. So how are we surprised that they're not willing to take a risk uh, to take a a power plant? Um, So we really have to rethink this, and we have to really rethink how we think about Russia. Uh, And look, I think at the end of the day, you know, the one thing that uh, I've noticed is that, you know, Ukraine Ukraine wants to fight to survive, and Russia just wants to dominate. And at the end of the day, the people that want to survive uh, and want to, you know, really thrive are the ones that will end up winning. And I just don't yeah. see the numbers there. I don't see the the motivation. I don't see even the equipment they can have to fully occupy a country. Yeah. Well, that's what somebody, somebody put it best. They said, if, you know, Russia stops fighting, there's no more war. If Ukraine stops fighting, there's no more Ukraine. So, correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what I think Putin did not obviously foresee is this, this will and spirit of the, the Syrian people. I mean, it occurs to me that... You know, Putin so far is also losing the information war. Um, but, you know, I was saying yesterday, Representative, that like we're fighting the same thing here against Fox News. We have older relatives that, you know, I mean, and they have some full on Putin apologists and, and cheerleaders there. But they're fighting that with older Russians there, but getting, you know, uh, uh, ridiculously wrong information about this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the 
the difference is that you know the Ukrainians are winning uh, the information war war with overwhelming authentic message, right? Yeah. So while the uh, Russians are talking about uh, Ukraine being a Nazi state, you see, uh, for example, uh, a young uh, girl singing, uh, uh, you know, a, a song in the in the subways while she's sheltering. Uh, I think it was like Let It Snow yeah. or something like that. Or let, let It Go. go. <laughs> uh, I didn't, how did I know that you wouldn't know Broadway show tunes? It's Let It Go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let It Go. Thank you. And so and so you so they're playing this, you know, in, in a very smart manner because they're cutting through yeah. the bullshit oh, by wow. showing you know oh, the humanity mm-hmm. of what's happening. And I think one of the things that we we try to do on the Democratic side, especially when finding the Fox News, is that we try to fight by fact checking. Yeah. Um, when I think in reality, a lot of people don't care about the facts, and especially the people that have been sold to the lies of, you know, QAnon and the lies of Fox News. Yeah. Uh, what we need to have is messaging back that is overwhelming, that cuts through bullshit, that has, oh, you right. know, a good narrative that will, you know, basically be stronger than the lies. <laughs> you can't say that on. <laughs> you're going to lose me my FCC oh. license, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sure when you're a senator, you can get my FCC license back, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, that was okay. the Marine coming out. I apologize. That's okay. We were in the trenches together. That's okay. It'll be great for the yeah. podcast. We're in the, yeah, fo- exactly. we're in the foxhole together. It's okay. Um, yes, yes. The fighting holes. Marines, we have fighting holes. We don't have foxholes. Yes, I was like, oh, again. That was a double BS bomb. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you tweeted, uh, we are watching in real time what happens when a brutal dictator thinks he can steamroll a democracy. The world won't let him. Putin is a small man who gets smaller by the day. You know, Representative, everybody remembers these, you know, images of you on January 6th, you know, helping other Congress people because you served with how you put a gas mask on and how, you know, literally as if you're in the middle of a war. Were you disappointed a bit like I was? I understand it. but I was disappointed that the president did not mention January 6th in his State of the Union. He did not draw a state line, a straight line between, you know, them trying to violently overthrow our democracy here. Um, what was your reaction on that? You know, I think uh, my, my biggest concern is that January 6th is not taken very seriously by anybody. It's not just, you know, it, regarding the president's speech. I do think the, the president, though, did the right thing. We need to focus uh, on the grander picture mm-hmm. of how to basically get, you know, the economy going. And, and, and more importantly, on the political side, we need to key in, in the Democrats need to get their poll numbers up. Um, you know, for me, as long as, as uh, U.S. Attorney General Garland is doing his job, uh, we could avoid the speeches. But yeah. if at any point I feel that Merrick is not doing his job, which I have been very uh, forthright in, in my criticism of him in the past, then I think it's a bigger issue. But right now, we need to win this election. We need yeah. to win this election and save democracy. And if by skipping one speech and having a unifying voice uh, that really lays out the, a future without having to, to go into the past, then I'm fine doing that because at least strategically it's a smart move that you know at least yeah. protects our ability to to stop the, these guys from winning the election and potentially stop <laughs> stop well, from I, certifying I, elections in the future. Yeah, I get the president of the United States wanting to be above the fray, but I I just I feel like we're all in the fray and it, it, it's um I get I, that's that that's what I think is difficult is we see him continually trying to unify and the other side. Never. I mean, I not during war, right. not during anything. As you said, there's going to be a lot of revisionist history uh, over Ukraine by Republicans. When he was in power, Trump considered pulling the U.S. out of NATO, withheld aid to Ukraine to try and get dirt on his political opponent. Don't forget that. 
I mean, his yep. national security advisor, John Bolton, just said Putin was waiting for Trump's second term to pull for him to pull out of NATO. This is why he attacked attack now. But, you know, our your Republican colleagues, like they're fine with saying, oh, it's, it wouldn't happen under Trump. Oh, it's Biden's fault when it, it yep. you know, clearly it's revisionist history. Well, I think, look, I think there's there's one thing to be said about, like, you know, trying to unify and move forward and having the opportunity to do that at the State of the Union. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't punch them when they're being done, rhetorically punching them, by yes. the way. Yes, of course, um, right. of course. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, you know, uh, I do think the one of the, the hardest problems that we're having right now is Democrats. The reason why we're not doing so well on the generic ballot is because there's a lot of Democratic voters that don't believe we're fighting for them anymore. They don't believe that we're even fighting at all. And I do think that there needs to be more of that fighting spirit yeah. to really animate our base right now, because a lot of them are, you know, they're tired. They spent four years fighting off the Republicans at the polls. They won, and then they see, they come to us in power, and they see a lot of, well, you know, what I would say, legislative weakness. Yeah. Uh, and not only that legislative weakness, but even rhetorical weakness. So I think it is important that we do push back. Yeah. Uh, important, especially when we call out their lies. And we need to go on the offensive, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, when we see those opportunities come along. Yeah, well, I mean, it's results that matter. And as you tweeted, the February numbers are in. U.S. added 678,000 more jobs. Unemployment fell to 3.8%. Records broken. Hashtag Biden boom. I mean, uh, yep. his numbers are obviously headed up, and we that's all we can do. I, I, well, first, Can I just say on the partisan thing, though, you also tweeted, I was elated to see the PACT Act pass. This is about the burn pits the president was talking about when he was yep. heckled by one of your colleagues when he was talking about his, yep. de- his dead son, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Nice. Very nice. Um, classy. Yeah, classy. But you said, um, I was elated to see it guaranteeing quality health care to veterans suffering as a result of toxic exposure. Why did 174 House Republicans vote against it? They passed trillions in tax cuts. Why do they care about billionaires more than sick vets? I mean, it just always feels like lip service to veterans to me, doesn't it? Well, it's, it certainly feels like lip service from veter- to veterans from the Republican Party. The best time for veterans um, is when Democrats are in charge, because we actually pass bills uh, that actually matter to uh, veterans yeah. and end up you know, really changing their lives. I'll give you an example. The veteran GI Bill was passed uh, because of Democrats. Um, this expansion of, of you know, the burn pit legislation could only happen because of Democrats. Republicans you know, have no problem voting for you know, trillion-dollar tax cuts uh, over, you know, uh, you know, over 10 years, uh, because it helps their, their, their real special interests, but won't support, uh, you know, veterans' uh, burn pit legislation, which will cost thir- close, to maybe at most, $30 billion per year. Yeah. Or if you're afraid of actually costing it too much and borrowing too much, then let's just, you know, why don't we raise uh, taxes? I mean, yeah. you know, we were in war for 20 years, and we, in, we did nothing but cut taxes for 20 years. And now you're saying that, hey, thanks for sacrificing your life, your lungs, uh, but because we're cheap bastards, we're not going to raise... Uh, you know, taxes. Uh, and so good luck and, and God bless. Right. That's that's the situation. And by the way, bastard is not. A that, no, no, exactly. I was that I was going to say you get a pass solid, on that one. Solid choice. Also, solid. Because yes. you're a future senator. So future senator, um, I have one last question, just militarily. You know, we've heard obviously about the morale of the Russian troops and some of them that are captured. Of course, they were lied to about denazification when they realized they're ordered to kill civilians um I, i've been hearing about them trying to get syrian troops or you know obviously the, you know some of these are chechen hit squads that are trying yeah. to assassinate Zelensky. i mean 
a it's a little ominous right that they're like oh they're bringing the people that will do the dirty work the mercenaries because they're having morale problems i mean i guess that's a good sign but it's also an ominous sign isn't it for what putin is is planning and how desperate he is well it it it, it probably tells you a couple things number one that they're the people that are willing to that, that can still fight aren't fighting or they just don't have the manpower in um russia right now you can't suppress the populace and still invade a country at the same time. You don't have enough people to do that. Um, certainly people that, that are going to be loyal to the government. So bringing in Syrians is probably one of the few things they could do. Number two, I, it's not a really good idea. Syrians aren't good urban fighters. Um, that, that's not the kind of fighting they've been doing for the last uh, you know, six years. Uh, so I don't think that's actually going to end up working uh, as well as they thought. But it, if, you, if you want to think about the one ominous thing, it's that um, they probably want to bring in Syrians because they don't identify with Ukrainians versus a lot of the Russian soldiers are identifying with Ukrainians yeah. and probably hesitating in terms of fighting Ukrainians or carrying out orders that are, you know, you know, destructive to civilians uh, and having, you know, Syrians that don't have much of a uh, relationship with Ukrainians, I think, is, is probably the, one of the main reasons why they're thinking about doing that, which is a very nefarious and, and yeah. unfortunate reason. Thank you for all you do, uh, seriously. <clears throat> Just for uh, you are such a great uh, uh, patriotic voice in this country, and I, I we got to get you a blue tsunami in twenty two. Get uh, Senator Mark Kelly <laughs> back in, and then twenty twenty four. We're gonna get Kelly we, back in, absolutely. Yes, he, he is another great veteran, and uh, and, then tw- and really just a great, great senator for Arizona. And then twenty twenty four, say it with me, Senator Ruben Gallego from the great state. <laughs> Thank you all for having me on. The great but potty mouth senator from the great state of Arizona. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. All right, you Thank too. you. All right. And I didn't think Bye. I could love him more, but he's as much of a potty mouth as I am. Yeah. And I don't. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. posted pictures of me, you know, wrapped around John Fugel saying, and Chairman Schiff, just to try to lure Jen Kirkman. It worked. Oh, I want to have group sex with her and Mrs. Maisel. Hi, hi. Uh, what? Hi. The character? What? Hello. Well, either oh, one. Steph, that's right. I mean, I saw these photos. I listened to the show and you're coming on to Glenn Kirshner and then you're hanging on Fugel saying Schiff. And I'm like, clearly I got to get some attention. I mean, look at the timing of I'm suddenly available today to be on the show from New York. Just saying. Exactly. On uh, the Mrs. Maisel writing staff. 
And Travis said, if you have any complaints on my sexually harassing you on Twitter, you can uh, send those complaints to the head of HR here, which is Stephanie at StephanieMiller.com. And I will look into it. <laughs> I feel safer now. Jen, I, it is, wow. I got to say, just really, if whatever you have going on personally, it's just all of this stuff on top of it is just a... Uh, it's emotional. The little girl in the bomb shelter singing Let It Go. And I, I mean, how can you not be the woman, the Ukrainian woman that got to the other side of, in Poland, sat down and played We Are the Champions on the piano? And it's just, uh. I just, uh, okay. I, how are you feeling? I, you also pointed out, by the way, because you're the expert in these things, President Zelensky is Gen X. Like, That's he, right. But he is just so uh, badass, isn't he? He's great with communication. He's great at using the internet for getting his message across. Yeah. It's just very simple and straightforward. And I'm here. I'm not leaving. This is what we're doing. But a little bit of that kind of sardonic, sarcastic kind of, hey, uh, don't believe the disinformation. You know, I'm here. I I just love him. I love his. I've just. Wow. I'm so impressed. Well, you tweeted, I can't get enough Zelensky. I feel like you're trying to make me jealous and I'm just, uh, you know, tweeting oh. pictures of me hanging off of John Fugelson and <laughs> Adam Schiff. Just to, I, it's a whole game we have going. Maybe okay. that is a game. But, you know, I less am like want to date him and more just want everyone to become like him. I want him to become the template for every kind of leader and every kind of citizen. Yeah. Uh, because I think I quote tweeted when he was on a Zoom meeting with Rick Scott, and yes. he said, please mute yourself. That's got to be a T-shirt or something. Right. Yes, please he said, Senator Rick Scott, please mute your mic. We're like, you speak for all of us. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, how I'm doing emotionally, you know, I had a little bit of a throwback to the 1980s fear of nukes. Yeah. You know, I felt a little anxiety about, God, you know, I almost miss the old Cold War where we didn't have like a complete madman with Luke Luke's with nukes, you know? And so this time I, the whole notion that I I get that we shouldn't provoke him and we want to follow the NATO NATO rules. I get that. So I'm not saying let's, you know, throw caution to the wind, but I, I do think he doesn't need to be provoked to use one. I, I, I can just well, see him being the type of person that's like, well, if I can't have you, no one can. And exactly blows up the world. That's what I said earlier. I'm like, he's balls, yeah. he's balls deep in this now. Like, how many war crimes is he into this, including attacking a nuclear plant? That what's his out? He has no out, and that's what. And makes I don't. It, that's what makes it so to, dangerous. It's, it's yeah. He I don't think he's the type to yeah. to bite cyanide. I think he wants to take us all with him. Yes, that's what I said. He doesn't even have to use his nukes if he blows up one of Ukraine's nuclear plants. I mean, that's we were saying this has never happened in history before, where a nuclear plant has been fired upon. You're like this crazy mother, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, by the way, you had a great tweet. Uh, the Independent tweeted, anyone except for Russian nationals supporting Ukraine's cause is welcome to try and enlist whether they have combat experience or not. And you said, hey, perfect opportunity for Americans who pose with machine guns on their Christmas cards this year to head on over. You love guns and freedom, right? And you must be bored just taking your assault rifle to Burger King. Sign up. Yeah. How about the <laughs> right? how, how about the Russian, or the, what do you call it, the convoy, the freedom truckers? They're like, aren't they making circles around the beltway right now? Yeah. <laughs> right? With Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> I, I see everybody on Twitter, I don't know about you, but just disavowing their crushes on Ricky Schroeder when he was on. Oh, I uh, don't. No? Because my, oh. my crush makes him feel icky. Oh, okay. Because he doesn't like the gays. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true, Travis. Well, you know, I'm proud to say I never had a crush on Ricky Schroeder. I was always a Derek girl. That was Jason Bateman's character. He was oh. a little bit more of a smarmy, sly badass. 
you made a good choice. So. Okay. Thank you. Yes, these are some fun facts, by the way, about the uh, convoy. The average semi-truck gets uh, six and a half miles to the gallon. The convoy is going to be forced to pay thousands for just one day of protest. Um, the truckers said they're going to increase the number of loops they will make each day, but I know some of them, I heard yesterday, gave up after one lap or maybe two. Today they say they're going to do two laps. Oh, are they? <laughs> okay. Some of the, Yesterday, some of the group got lost and separated, uh, which likely caused them to use more fuel. So far, six trucks have peeled off after seemingly only completing one of the two Beltway laps. Um, Mark tweeted, uh, truckers bitching about fuel costs, but they can take time off to drive all the way to D.C. in a stupid-ass convoy and put diesel in at four bucks a gallon to protest mass mandates that have uh, already, that don't exist, is about the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. Keith tweeted, truckers convoy really know how to win over the populace by causing huge traffic jams to win people over to your cause, which is mass mandates that have already ended. So nicely done. That Those are our freedom fighters in America, John. Compare to Isn't, Ukraine. Compare. Contrast. Isn't it ironic that the Russian convoy is also having kind of a similar issue? Yes. This this 40-mile thing that's taking so long to get to right. Ukraine. And they, same thing. The trucks are breaking down. They get one mile to the gallon. They're, I mean. Right. They're sabotaging their own, you know, trucks. And so they're surrendering in some cases. You're like, what? I think, isn't that, don't you feel like that's the most dangerous thing for Putin's ego is he's being humiliated on the world stage. This clearly has not gone according to any Russian plan. No. The only thing that soothes me about him not being humiliated is he does have some control over the media so he can release his propaganda videos and so he can save face by lying. Well, except uh, somewhere except, he must know. Except we were saying Anonymous has hacked into uh, Russian TV, right? Uh, streaming yeah. and yeah, that TV. Came out yesterday, yeah, yeah, to protest uh, or to get you know the truth and uh, anti-war messages to the Russian people. Because we were saying that's one of the biggest things, Jen. Is some people in Ukraine are saying that they can't convince their mother in Russia what the truth yeah. is, right? That, that you know this Russian soldier that was captured said that we were told we're going to kill nazis we're going to help the ukrainian people because the nazis have taken over but you know jen a lot of them that are surrendering must be going we're firing on civilians we're not catching nazis we're you know bombing kindergartens i mean it's and that is frightening to think the mother of a soldier who's saying no i'm here i'm telling you i mean it's it's the same cognitive dissonance that we've saw with our parents people who voted for trump but the only thing I think about Putin's state of mind in terms of if he's humiliated, I don't know. Like, I don't like was Trump ever humiliated? Do they have these kind of feelings? Yeah. Do they know they're feeling humiliated. I think they always just live in that zone of um, I I don't know, just wanting to win and being little boys. Like, I'm just hoping that he doesn't feel humiliated if that's going to make him do anything drastic. Yeah, right. Like, this isn't drastic. Like, we mean worse than genocide. Oh, yeah, more, right. I mean, I, yeah, worse than genocide. Um, you know, yeah, yeah that's right. This yes. is already World, world nuclear annihilation, right. Yeah, um, that, yeah. something you, like that. You tweeted, uh, Twitter has been blocked in Russia, and you said, don't worry, folks, I'm sure the troll farms will still be pushing Russian propaganda on Twitter in America. Don't worry, you can still get it here. Yeah. I mean, I might be wrong about that. People have been saying that they feel... They are seeing less bot activity on Twitter. Yeah. Well, so, because the ruble, they're all out of rubles or they're worth a penny. <laughs> right. So that that is a, a good thing. Uh, the unfortunate part is we've trained so many Americans. The bots have trained so many Americans uh, that you don't know the difference anymore. Right. Is that a Russian bot? Is that an American who yeah. is cheering on Putin? So, yeah, we still exactly. have them. Exactly. You know, what we do have we have Saki bombs, don't we, Travis? Yes, we do. Jen Saki. Oh, great. Love her so much. 
Okay, we mentioned earlier that Lindsay does like Dick Taters, <clears throat> it seems, a great deal. So now he's, is he into still trying to be Butch? Oh, he backed down back from to, somebody should assassinate Putin to Putin belongs in jail. Yeah, we've, right. we've got that. Okay, however, for a sitting United States Senator, Jen, that is what is called unhelpful to call for the assassination yeah. of a foreign leader. Okay, Jen Psaki on that. Senator Lindsey Graham said last night that someone ought to assassinate President Putin. Does the White House have any take on that statement? Is it helpful at this point? That is not the position of the United States government and certainly not a statement you'd hear from, come from the mouth of anybody working in this administration. Okay, and she went on to say... So yesterday you said, you know, less oil supply, you said it again today, um, yeah. uh, it raises prices. And you said, ask the, um, so I asked the American Petroleum Institute about those 9,000 leases yeah. that you were talking about. The president and CEO of that group says that a lot of policies that have been put in place by this administration, including a ban on new development of federal lands and federal waters, is really hindering American energy development during a critical time. Also, he says, the royalty fees increasing on drilling uh, discourages investment. So are there any plans to reverse any of these policies? to encourage investment. I think he may have avoided your question. I mean, because the fact is that onshore alone, as of the start of this year, the industry had more than 9,000 unused approved permits to drill in the United States. I, don't, I didn't hear him speak to that in particular. And by the way, Keystone XL would take years to get online. It's not the kind of same kind of oil we get from Russia. It's just these talking points. They're just uh, It's so dumb. annoying. It's like, come on, people. You know that we don't. It's exactly. That's yeah. not the oil we're kind of oil we're talking about right. we, we that's, yeah and it just way, makes me go like this we get like three percent of our oil from russia but yeah i think we should stop just because i don't think you should give a dollar to them for their war crimes but, no yeah. I, I mean i don't think we should get it from saudi arabia the country that attacked us and i don't want it but you know right. Look, why right why chop, go chopped up a washington post reporter whatever okay uh so one no more sake yeah and of the more than 37 million acres under lease offshore and onshore to the oil and gas industry, nearly 60% are currently non-producing. Now, obviously, our view on drilling over the long term is different, I would suspect, than the person you spoke to, which is that what overall we need to do here is reduce our dependence on oil. Thank you. Europeans are doing that. We're doing that. And I think what we're all going through now in this discussion of banning oil imports and the volatility in the global markets, oil markets, is a reminder of that. So, but there's no shortage of drilling leases that can be used domestically to enhance production in this moment. They, the oil and gas industry is literally sitting on stockpiled leases and permits. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what's hard <laughs> is having one party here that just wants whatever is bad for America because mm-hmm. it's bad. For, it'll be bad for Biden. Like they're rooting for whatever will make gas prices go up for the for the short term for their gain for the midterms, right? I mean, they're that's it's all, all looking short-term for. Short term thinking. It's it, and by the way, uh, just to take it back to the assassination for a second. Yes. Look, at, I mean, he shouldn't have said that, but in in that sense, he's not he's not wrong in that. Right. He's going to have to be taken out right by his own people somehow. As I said, say it on Grinder, Lindy. Say the tough talk for Grinder. <laughs> That's right. That's the kind of talk. You don't but say it on TV who, when you're a United who, States senator. Who would come up after him, though? That I mean, it's not like, oh, assassinate Putin. Then you get Barack Obama as president of Russia. <laughs> right. I mean, who, is there another Putin waiting yeah. in the wings? You know, um, yeah, but. Yeah, I do think uh, I have a plan see, where, that, you know, the thing, the reason you don't say it when you're a sitting United States senator is because that gives Putin. A, oh, see, this is regime yeah. change. This is, you know, what the right. U.S. did in Iraq. This is, you know, now I'm, I, he has a call. I mean, it's just 
Lindsay's an idiot. He can say he's being provoked. Yeah. Right. He okay. can say there's a hit out on my life. I mean, that even sounds like a, yeah. a yes. directive. Yes. Which I, I forget what, I don't know what category it is on Grinder, but whoever likes that kind of talk, that tough talk <laughs> on Grinder, save it, save it for that. I just, or Lindsay just puts his location services to Russia so he can talk to the Russian boys. Okay. Here's Anthony Blinken. I'm here in Europe working with NATO allies, uh, European Union partners, uh, and others, uh, working on, among other things, increasing even more the extraordinary pressure that's already been exerted uh, on Russia with unprecedented actions and, and sanctions that are having a crippling effect on the Russian economy, as well as um, uh, additional steps that we can take uh, to help uh, our friends in Ukraine, including uh, getting them even more assistance on top of the uh, the historic aid we've, we've gotten them to date. Uh, and that has been uh, effective. Yeah, I mean, if Putin is calling it already a, a what is he calling it? Like, a, this is already, a, you know, your declaration already, of war. Yeah, a declaration of war. The sanctions were like, oh, they're working. OK. Yeah. Oh, these are good this time. OK. I knew he would say that, too, because. Right. I, I mean, yeah, of course. OK, one more. Anthony Blinken. Vladimir Putin has, um, unfortunately, uh, the capacity with the sheer manpower that he has in Ukraine. Uh, and the, the overmatch that he has, the ability to keep grinding things down against incredibly resilient and courageous Ukrainians. And uh, I think we have to be prepared uh, for this to last for some time. But just winning uh, a battle is not winning the war. Uh, taking a city does not mean he's taking the hearts and minds of the Ukrainian people. On the contrary, uh, he mm-hmm. is destined to lose. Uh, the Ukrainian people have demonstrated that they will not allow themselves to be subjugated to Vladimir Putin or to Russia's rule. Um, back to your Zelensky crush mm. for a moment. Is that yeah. that's going to be in a movie? The I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Come on. Right. Oh, that's hot. I mean, my panties flew off and I don't even wear panties and I'm gay. <laughs> well, you know, we've been looking for a hero, you know, yeah. and and this is it. I, they're all the here. The people of Ukraine are the heroes. The old woman that said, put these sunflower seeds in your <laughs> We have her. She's my future wife. I don't mean to make you jealous, but get out, bull in China shop out of my house. What's wrong with you? That's her. <laughs> All right. Or it's the lady in the heat, but it's close enough, right? It's oh, I love it. Lady. No, I mean, I'll join you guys. <laughs> OK, I, 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 I just I feel excited that we have heroes. I'm sorry that it had to happen. But what's so hard, though, we're in such a state of waiting. We're waiting for the pandemic to really die. We're waiting to see what happens with January 6th committee. We're waiting to find out if the DOJ is doing anything. We're yeah. waiting to find out how this war ends. It's a lot of stress, even yeah. on people that are not directly involved. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And it's just, it's the courage. This Ukrainian sunflower lady, right? Looks right in the Russian soldier's face. And it's like, you put these sunflower seeds in your pocket. So when you die, you make flowers. Oh, you get the f- out of my house now. How's that for open mouth? F- out, get f- out. Right? I, hope that I would be as courageous. I, know, I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be as courageous enough to protest in Russia. I don't know if I. Yeah, that lady. I mean, unbelievable. Just. I mean, I give the finger to cabs when I'm walking down the street in New York, and I that, yell at strangers. Listen, okay, that's listen. It's a start. Yeah. Robert in Florida, you're on with Jen. Hey, Robert. Hey. Good morning. Hey, Jen. How you doing over there? You hey. Hey. Oh. Hey, listen, uh, I think they declared war when you make refugees. I think that's a declaration of war. You know, another thing is, um, you know what? I think we got to figure out what kind of friend we have in Saudi Arabia. You know, we should say, hey, you turn on the spigot or you go look at those uh, tanks in uh, 
armored vehicles that the Russians have because that's the one we're, that's what you're giving by because we ain't telling you anything, you know? Right. And, and you know what? And look at the Iranian deal. Remember, uh, the Iranian deal was is that Russia was going to proctor and make sure all the safety measures were in place for Iran. Iran got shortchanged by Donald Trump and Russia. You know what? We need to call up Iran and say, hey, you want some oil? You want to sell some oil? I know you guys are hurting over there. Put it on the market because the whole world wants it right now. You know? That's as easy as that. Yeah. All right, yeah. with that yeah. said, all right, love- all right, all right, love you too. Ah, drop the cannolis. No, take the cannolis. I'm sorry, Sean. I always forget. Yeah, drop drop the, the gun. Drop the gun. Okay. All right, here's uh, Chairman Schiff on oil prices. I think there's very strong bipartisan support to cut off uh, Russian oil and gas sales to the United States. Uh, it's anathema, I think, to many of us in Congress that while we were sanctioning them and trying to cripple their economy, that we would help them in any way by purchasing uh, their petroleum. Uh, but I think the administration wants to make sure that we uh, work with our allies. This will have an impact to potentially on global oil prices, in, including here at home, where in Los Angeles now gas is over $5 a gallon. Uh, yes. And by, by the way, he, you know, Chris and I were talking about this on Friday, that I get it that other people will just buy that oil from Russia, which I think Chairman Schiff also said real quick. We'd like to act on it very quickly. At the same time, you know, we have to be circumspect about the fact that Russia will probably find somewhere else to sell that oil and gas to. Uh, So the impact ultimately on Russia uh, may not be as powerful as we would like. Uh, It's why we have to continue to explore additional ways to really uh, crush the Russian economy. But I have to say I'm enormously impressed with how the world has come together, with how here in Congress, uh, in a very partisan Congress, Democrats and Republicans are uniting around uh, this tough sanction package, uh, as well as providing more defensive military support to Ukraine. Uh, there is enormous solidarity with the brave people of Ukraine. Anyway, so I get what he's saying that other people will just buy that oil. But I, again, I do get not wanting to give one U.S. dollar to his war crimes. Yeah, I, I feel I just so, you know, in my whole life, I feel all I've heard is oil, war, right. men, like just <laughs> enough already. <laughs> Enough already. Yes, I can't yes. take it. Yeah. The whole world is run by men and oil. Yeah. I can't take it. Sunflower seed lady needs to be in charge. That's my point. I'm, I'm having a breakdown on air. <laughs> it's all right. I'm at my breaking point with men and oil. Yes. Help me. No, and this, you know, no fly zone. I get it's like way above my pay grade, but it it, it kind of is a who's is bigger contest, isn't it? This whole thing. War. Mm-hmm. No fly. Well, I get it. Because then you're going, yeah. Putin says that'll be a declaration of war. We're like, you just said the, the sanctions were. So we're already in war. I mean, and some people in Ukraine would order, would, would argue, we're already in World War Three. It's already started. We're already in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it certainly started for them. And I, I think he will say that the sanctions are a declaration so that he can get away with anything. But I do think he would up the ante if there was a no fly zone situation. Right. But again, I, I don't know. I guess we always have to follow the rules so that whatever i know they need migs and if someone would just explain to kelly willis about what happened with the mig maybe this thing could be resolved if maverick or goose were available something that's my <sighs> the extent of my knowledge about migs okay. i'm trying to think of a jeans joke like i thought the no fly zone was button up jeans until this it's me being a dumb it's a little, it's a little doughy i don't know but yeah you know what go back to the writer's room and then come back the okay, yeah. blues <laughs> Um, okay. Yes. Putin warned. I, you know, I, t- I keep saying this, Jen, I'm such a, you know, liberal peacenik. I went to every anti-Iraq rally, but like, I just, when Putin warns or Putin threats, don't you just feel like going, you shove it up your ass, you murderous. I get like oh, what yeah. my, our parents felt about World War II, you know, about Hitler. 
It, it's just- I, I really think he is Hitler. I mean, not he's uh, so, so I'm not that's not a QAnon thing. I think he's actually Hitler. But uh, I I feel the same way. I'm such a peacenik. And yet I'm taking great pleasure in these horrible thoughts I'm having about yeah. what could happen to him. Yeah. And I guess I don't know. What well, else am I supposed to do? I'm not well, going to go. Mean, and you're like, let's he, all love him. If he does blow up one of these nuclear plants, like, aren't we in World War Three? Right. Then the radiation yes. goes into all the NATO countries. It's but not it also like, goes into his country. Yeah, that's what. But that's why he's a great. It's, he's a mad. He man, doesn't care. Right? Yes, exactly. Um, he yeah. wants. I mean, I'm sure he'd love if all the people protesting him got radiation poisoning. He lo- he loves to hate his own people, just like, oh, I don't know. Who could it be? Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, my God. Didn't Deripaska come out against this invasion? I'm like, man, he better not be walking near an open window or eating soup anytime soon. No tea for you, no windows. (laughs) No tea or windows. Um, Yes, Vladimir Putin warned Saturday that Ukraine's statehood is in jeopardy. Oh, well, I get they're worried about that. And likened uh, the West sanctions uh, on Russia to declaring war while he promised ceasefire collapsed. You can't trust them. That's what they're saying is that they're saying, yes, cease fire so that the, the civilians will be flushed out of hiding so they can kill them. I mean, it's OK. Yeah, never trust. I mean, they're doing peace talks right now as we speak. But are they there's right. no ceasefire right. happening. Right. But even if they they're, they're never going to do it, it's they're, never going to happen. Right. They're dropping uh, bombs on residential areas. And I can't even pronounce all of these one city north of Kiev, but all over the place. Right. We're seeing it's not like this is the difference. Jen now is with satellite imagery and all that. We see it. We see them hitting right. civilian targets. You see the apartment buildings and kindergartens footage. and hospitals. huh? Cell phone yeah, footage. Yes, and self, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can clearly see this is not the denazification of Ukraine, which yeah, yeah. didn't need to be done anyway. But um, Yeah, they're just these, where is this, AP, bereft mothers mourned slain children, wounded soldiers fitted with tourniquets, doctors work by the light of their cell phones. Uh, crowds of men lined up in the capital to join the Ukrainian military. Um, Putin continued to, pl- to pin the blame for the war squarely on the Ukrainian leadership and slam their resistance to the invasion. Is this not like gaslighting to the 12th, I don't know, whatever powers, if you turn it up past 11, right? It's, I, yeah. If they continue to do what they're doing, he said they're calling into question the future of Ukrainian statehood. And if this happens, it'll be entirely on their conscience. Oh my God! <laughs> right? He's literally. This is like. Why are you hitting yourself? Yeah. I'm like, what? Uh, what I love about it is that I, I, it just doesn't seem that anyone is listening to this. I mean, obviously, no one in Ukraine. It, it, the united front they're presenting, and and that the it, they're fighting for all of our freedom. I mean, this is really not just. Oh, this, these countries over there are doing this. This involves all of us. Right. The yeah. freedom of the world. Um, Zelensky said uh, he pointed to the 500 kilogram bombs that were dropped on houses of Ukrainians. Oh. He said, look at uh, the destroyed schools, at the blown up kindergartens, at the damaged uh, cathedral. Look what Russia has done, which, again, that is the difference with World War Two is like you said, Travis, we got cell phones. We have satellite imagery in real time. You know, and that's what Russia's most afraid of is that, you know, the younger the people still have social media and are still getting the real information inside Russia even. Well, when you think about World War II and when we went in and did not know there were concentration camps until we found them after yeah. is is shocking because I think the way history is taught, it kind of all gets jumbled and we think that's why we went over there and it's not. And I remember in the 90s when cable news first started and seeing the first Iraq war on TV, I thought it was kind of immoral that I should watch a war. I thought it was weird. And now I realize that 
it's amazing that we get to see in real time what's happening because it yeah. really helps, you know, push away any disinformation. Yeah. Like they cannot I remember, hide remember what they're the, doing. Yeah, the whole shock and awe. And I thought, this is not a video game. That's like blocks and blocks of Iraqi civilians being killed right now you know I mean, that, that's right yeah i thought this isn't a video game and we're treating it like it is and and this situation does not feel like that this feels like we're getting information out yeah. we're showing you what war looks like so it's not just this oh this over there thing i i think weirdly my opinion has changed because i do think this is different yeah yeah no i mean it, it's uh i mean and i was thinking that world war ii i mean obviously we didn't get until japan bombed us but doesn't it have right. that feel jen like we're like oh are we waiting there's some huge catastrophic thing where we're we're hit i mean this is but this is how crazy i think putin is is we don't know what he's going to do next no i think we are waiting i mean Not, it's like what it was like glenn kirshner said yeah. on the show friday so we should deal with this on the front end rather than on the back end like hitler yeah well and and it's again it brings into question the nukes part that yeah we wow. can't deal with it on the back end if we there's get no nuked. I mean, yeah. Oh, and plus they were saying yeah. this is going to make COVID outbreak worse in Ukraine. So yes. we were like, this is like every bad nuke movie meets every pandemic. It's can, and contag contagion meets one day after the day after or whatever. That's that right. Yeah. And if they hit the biolab, the doctor Anthony Fauci there you go. has yeah. there, yeah. really screwed. Right. Oof. Sorry, Jen. What? Break. <laughs> That's, I was just saying the same thing. If they hit that Fauci biolab, then the new disease will spread. But you know what? Jen Kirkman can still write a rom-com about it in which, for some reason, Jennifer Garner falls in love with me during it. So I have a Jennifer Aniston fantasy for you if you want. Oh! It's really quick if you want to hear oh, yeah. it. Oh, please. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it this morning. What can I can I bring to the show today? And I was thinking, you know, you have a beautiful home in a certain part of Los Angeles. Can I say the name no. of the no. area? No. Okay. Um, and it's a great area, but things are not often for sale there. No. Um, and I, you know, Jen's really into real estate. And yes. so I picture that one day you're in your home and you look out the window and you go, oh my God, Jennifer Aniston is walking up and down my street. Mm -hmm. And she knocks on the door with her realtor and she says, oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. I, I'm just looking at homes here and, and I'm trying to get a feeling, you know, do you think you'd ever sell? And, and she goes, oh, are you Stephanie Miller? And you go, yeah. And she, she's like, I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, you've kept me sane during the election. And, and you're like, you know, you have to come to do the happy hour sometime and you're you're asking her to do the show of sure. course yeah uh -huh. and you say uh you know it's um four to seven or something like that you give sure. her the hours yeah. and she says great oh well it, I'll, I'll i'll give you my publicist info we'll hook it up and you're thinking okay great so uh or assistant sorry not publicist so anyway the assistant hooks it up sure and you are actually throwing a happy hour uh party like yeah oh i, I ruined my own fantasy i'm sorry you say to her you should come to happy hour and she thinks you mean the show Right. That she's coming to do the show. Yeah. And you mean an actual happy hour. So you put together all these like great people and everyone's like, honey, stuff. Jen's not coming because it's from four to seven and she never shows up. And then at seven, everyone leaves and Jen comes and she's like, I'm here at four minutes to seven for the part for the to be on the happy hour. And you're like, oh, no, honey, the party was from four until seven. And it was a happy hour party, not the happy hour show. And she's like, oh, I got confused. And she brought wine and you're like, well, I don't really drink anymore. And she's like, well, can I have some? And then you guys are sitting and chatting. And sure. basically uh, she's like, so do you live here alone? And you're like, yup. And and she's like, I live alone, too. And you're like, yeah, I've heard about your love life. It must be tough to have it in the press. And she asks about yours and you say you're gay. And she goes, tell me about that. As she leans in on the couch and seconds, kicks her good. shoes Ten off. seconds. <laughs> Oh, great. That's we it. slammed into a hard break. I love you, Jen there, that's Kirkman. That's it. And you know what happens after that. Yes, I do. Love you, Jen Kirkman. Thanks.